Animation Podcast Show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Animation Fixation Podcast Show, where we talk everything animation. Now, to keep things a little bit more fresh for our listeners, today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. But don't worry, we will still continue to bring you our movie reviews in the future. So today, we are actually doing our very first Animation Fixation Top 5 List episode. And in this episode, we will be discussing our top five favorite animated villains. Now, what's a good movie without a good villain, right? Mm -hmm. Often, it's the case that the villain is actually more interesting than the main character. They usually have more depth and complexity to their character. And if not for their character and personality, it's often their design that makes them more enjoyable to watch. Now, the villains on our list may not be quote-unquote the best villains ever created, but they are our personal favorites, and who knows, we might be able to change each other's minds or even some of your minds. So, Caitlin, to start us off, who is your fifth favorite animated villain? This one, this one's really hard for me because I, like, firstly, there are so many good villains and also mm-hmm. I have, t- I'm, I'm terrible when I'm asked a question like this. Um, <laughs> I actually want to start with some animated TV series because I think they also okay. have some incredible, incredible villains. And I think absolutely number five on my list is actually um, Koro Sensei from the um, Assassination Classroom anime. Which I'm sure you haven't seen. I have not, I'm afraid to say. It is unhinged. <laughs> okay. Um, so the premise of the show is that there is this alien being who is just the biggest threat known to humanity, um, who destroyed part of the moon, and the government are trying to find a way to kill, um, but they kind of can't succeed, and so his demand for not destroying the earth immediately is that he'd be allowed to teach a classroom of failing students and uh, the students have to be the ones to kill him in a year. Okay. Uh, And it is just the most wholesome show. It is unhinged in the most (laughs) wholesome way. Koro Sensei Mm -hmm. is just actually firstly a really good teacher and as the show goes on we actually find out some more about his backstory about how he became this way. Um, Mm -hmm. And really I think think the real... um, villain of the show is actually the government uh, for their very unethical experiments. However, mm-hmm. the villain as presented to us immediately is Kuro-sensei and he's just, he's too overpowered um, yep. and they treat it completely seriously and just teaching these tiny children both mathematics and assassination techniques. It's very fun. It is just a very, very fun show. He's a very fun and wholesome villain and I highly recommend it. Also, this man... Um, Okay, but just before I tell you to go and watch this, I need to prepare you for what you're going to see when you Google it because audio is not a good um, <laughs> a good medium to describe really Koro Sensei. Um, mm-hmm. uh, imagine like a 3D smiley face emoji, uh, like the big smiley face emoji, uh, mm-hmm. on a very tentacly body. This is it's it's mildly horrific to watch. Um, mm-hmm. He's Okay. I feel like I'm losing Tim already. Uh, Look. No, it, it, it sounds like you're describing that um, uh, giant eyeball tentacle creature from D&D. <laughs> um, no, yeah. <laughs> how, how close am I in um, that description? 
Yeah, close than I'd like you to be, but not a beholder, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's it's a really it's a really good show. I really recommend watching it. It it treats itself seriously, and it's just a bit of fun. There's lots of really great kids that you can kind of latch onto as your favorite character, but your favorite character will be Koro Sensei. I'm just pre warning you that is the only answer that comes out of this. So. <laughs> So is he like a, a super evil character or like in, in what way is he kind of like the, the bad guy? Um, he's set up as the bad guy by the show because he is extremely overpowered. He did uh, destroy the moon. So um, the moon in the show oh, okay. is permanently in a crescent uh, with like a mm-hmm. little trail of bits of destroyed moon from where he just blasted a hole through it. Um, yeah. And his motivations, as laid out at the start of the show, are that he is going to destroy the Earth in one year. And uh, ah, this is this okay. is the government's only chance to stop him, is to let him teach this classroom full of kids. Uh, and he wants the kids right, to kill him, okay. and he's, he's very encouraging <laughs> of the kids killing him. He's like, I believe in you, you guys can do it. Here, I'll even help. <laughs> you just won me over with that one, that, with that last comment. That is hilarious. It's, it's so it. good. It's... I, mwah, chef's kiss love Koro Sensei <laughs> right okay I definitely have to check that one please out please let me know what you think because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm also down to rewatch it if you want to <laughs> okay I don't think that my choice will beat that one so my fifth favourite movie villain is actually Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty oh. I haven't put her there because of her motives or how complex she <laughs> is <laughs> Um, I put her there basically because of her design and the voice actress, uh, Eleanor Aldi. I'm terrible with names, I apologize. Every time I see this film, I ignore everything except for the character of Maleficent. Mm -hmm. I don't care about the fairies. Aurora is boring. Mm -hmm. The prince is Mm -hmm. boring. The, The kings, yeah, they're kind of funny. But my interest is just in Maleficent. Mm. When she first comes into the uh, the castle when they're celebrating, she's intimidating. You can you just get this sense of evil and power yes. about her. And the voice acting was amazing. There's been times where I've just gone onto YouTube and just looked up that clip where she um, casts her spell on Princess Aurora. And the animation the intimidation mm. through the audio the visuals everything about that scene i'm just captivated and it it was just so so good um but unfortunately she is not a complex character she casts this curse on the baby because she didn't get invited to the christening or whatever it was um uh, now i'm i'm sure uh, mm. in other literature that there's more to it but how it's shown to us in the film um yeah it's it's not the best motive i don't know okay i can understand but also she turns into a dragon i mean come on yeah i mean that was awesome that's cool that is really cool and it's actually like at the end when the prince is trying to uh defeat maleficent a little part of me is like go maleficent (laughs) i don't want to live in a boring world yeah, yeah, I think Maleficent definitely is the most interesting part of Sleeping Beauty. So I will agree with you. Absolutely, there. Yeah. great design, 
a great voice acting. It's very obvious why they created uh, a movie series around her. Um, she, mm-hmm. she is an interesting character. Motives, very weak, but everything else I really loved. So that's number five for me. Um, who's your number fourth? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with TV for a moment. Okay. Um, number four on my list has got to be Emperor Balos from The Owl House, which is a Disney series. It's a series uh, for kind of, you know, 11 to 14 sort of range. Uh, okay. Set in the demon realm, and mm-hmm. uh, Emperor Balos is. This will have some spoilers. Sorry for anyone who hasn't watched it. Um, in the demon realm, Emperor Balos is, you know, the head of the realm, and he is putting in place all of these covens. And then there's this massive reveal towards the end of the series that he's actually a human witch hunter who accidentally ended up in this realm full of witches, and is trying to bring about its destruction so that he can win fame and glory back home as the best witch hunter to ever exist because he's taken out all of the witches Mm -hmm. and when he gets back to the human realm um life has moved on and no one even believes in witches he is he just is a fanatic that has his his mission so undercut but is so deeply committed he can't give it up and he's absolutely terrifying um he's He's portrayed as a human, and he has this really interesting uh, little, like, like a green streak that runs through his face um, okay. as the magic has corrupted him. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's willing to succeed at any cost and gives up his humanity to do so, and mm-hmm. can shape shift into all of these really weird, like swampy, disturbing skeletal creatures. Oh, that's cool. And He's honestly one of the most terrifying TV animated TV villains I have ever watched. Like he gives me mm-hmm. the chills. Yep. Um, I really love Emperor. I, I love to hate Emperor Bellos. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how throughout the decades the complexity of villains, mm. not just in in movies but also in television, how they've really made them a lot more complex aesthetically pleasing to to watch and just all around far more far more interesting absolutely i'm i'm all for an interesting villain i if if i can understand a villain's motivation or if there's some part of them that is redeemable as well like that that's my favorite Mm -hmm. kind of villain i i I love i love a villain redemption arc and i love i just i just love i just love a villain (laughs) i love a good villain yeah well how about this one Mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. uh this particular villain, she's obviously evil, mm-hmm. but you can't help but laugh every single time she's on screen. And of course, I am talking about Yzma from Emperor's New Groove. Yes! Yes. Eartha Kitt did a phenomenal job voicing this character. The animation is fantastic. I love her design and I laugh Every single time she's on screen, Absolutely. a movie villain does not need necessarily need to be terrifying. They need to be mm-hmm. interesting to watch, and you understand her motivation. She's served the realm loyally for such a long time, only for this brat Cusco to come along and go, "Oh yeah, you're fired." And she's like, "What? What? What are you talking about?" And mm-hmm. he just 
you know, sweeps her under the rug. She's she's not even as important as a cockroach. So you understand where she's coming from. And you do kind of root for her for, uh-huh. for a fair bit. And her relationship with Kronk, oh, her, her henchman, is fantastic. It's so good. Um, she's just so funny and just so enjoyable to watch. Um, I not not even just as a, a villain, just as a character in general. Yes. She makes everybody laugh. Isma and Kronk were easily the best part of that movie. I, I yes. feel like I quote Isma or Kronk at least once once or twice a week. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? Isma is just a fantastic oh. villain that's so enjoyable to watch. And when I was doing a little bit of um, research, I, I came to realize that Isma is actually very similar to Jafar mm. from Aladdin. Yeah, you know, they yeah. both work for a doofus ruler. I feel like that they haven't been really shown the gratitude that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just want to take over and, and rule their empires. But by far, Yzma is so much more interesting and so much more funny than Jafar. They, they really knocked it out of the I park think, with Empress Nikuru. I think uh, Yzma also avoids the ick factor of Jafar because she doesn't try to creepily marry like the 16-year-old princess. Oh, but anyway, moving yeah. on. Yes, that is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, what's your number three? Oh, my number three. Okay. I'm going to have to go just for pure iconicness. Mm-hmm. Hades from Hercules. Oh, yes. yes. James Wood, yes. perfectly cast. Perfectly mm-hmm. cast. I I just love the energy that Hades brings to, to that movie. I mean, I, I don't so much. I don't think I so much love Hades as the villain. I think I just love Hades yep. as a character, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and again, I will quote Hades at least once a week. Just that, particularly that like explosion of cool. I'm fine. It's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I send you this gif a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> and and it, it's so funny. Like. Uh, James Woods portrays Hades as like a lawyer. What's more appropriate than a lawyer being in charge of the underworld? Oh I mean, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it, it does. It does make sense. You you got to be you got to be a uh, wily to survive down there. So mm-hmm. you know, I can I can definitely get behind that. And just I mean, Hades Hades as a character. I'm I'm a big Greek mythology nerd, and Hades and Persephone are like my favorite story in all of greek mythology i don't always like how uh media portrays them because everyone tends to associate the god of death and the god of the underworld as this evil satan-like figure when mm-hmm. really in greek mythology hades is really the most chill of guys but like right, okay yeah he's he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good guy he really <laughs> only messes up two fools and they kind of deserved it um you know if, if we're talking greek mythology the real the real villain in greek mythology is always zeus like i'm sorry yeah. i don't care the, the villain is zeus um but for the sake of hercules hades is our villain and i think he <laughs> he just brings a beautiful energy to it i mm-hmm. i love i love him and I do, I do love the animation of him, like just particularly like the, yes. the awesome fire aesthetic, the <laughs> shifts between red and blue, and the different little kind of changes with his emotions. Mm-hmm. I just beautiful, beautiful. Yes, very good choice there. So, my number three is quite different from your number three. Okay, okay, okay. 
So for this one, I had to go with the other mother from Coraline. Yes. Yes. Now you see what I mean. Yeah. The Ooh. other mother. Um, she she strikes a nervousness into anyone that's watched Coraline. Now she's a villain that starts off as someone that is desirable, especially for a child that feels like she's just being ignored by her parents. Mm. And then steadily over time she starts realizing oh there's something not quite right here and the other mother just becomes more and more disturbing and mm -hmm. the whole thing with the the buttons on the eyes that's just creepy and when the other mother loses her temper and becomes this spidery creature <sighs> top notch animation and mm -hmm. design as well all, all the the sharp points and the the coldness that came from her it it would scare almost any child watching this um like Absolutely. for a villain so well done i i have had nightmares about coraline for a while <laughs> i mm -hmm. i don't know how this was ever approved as a kids <laughs> uh movie or as as even as a kids book actually no i know exactly what happened and it was uh neil gaiman even thought that coraline was too scary for kids and the mm -hmm. publisher read it to his daughter to see a daughter or son one oh, his kid i'm not sure which one it was but read it to his kid to see if um if they thought it was going to be too scary and the kid mm. lied because they didn't want to look uncool ah. <laughs> <They> <laughs> well that kind of backfired didn't it? A generation. <laughs> but you know what even though it traumatizes kids mm. it's such way. a good film in general that they still come back mm -hmm. and that villain still has so much on-screen presence that people still enjoy watching her that they make people feel uncomfortable um well they make adults feel uncomfortable and she scares the kids um but again people come back because she's she's fascinating to watch and she really makes you root for Coraline I mean Coraline herself is an interesting character because she's not perfect. <clears throat> she's a little kid uh, yeah. and she can be annoying. Oh, absolutely. But w when she goes up against the, the other mother, you really feel the, the fear and the terror that she's going through and you're really rooting for Coraline to be able to pull through and survive. Yeah. And to see the, the ghosts of the other the previous kids, damn, okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, child killing. Okay, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> you know, you've just, I've, I think I've had this bit of a, a mental block on Coraline for a while. Um, like, I've seen it a long time ago. I, it traumatized me in the best way. Uh, and now I'm putting this on. This, this, is, this is now my Halloween watch, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you are most welcome. And I would really recommend any of our listeners out there that have not watched Coraline, definitely watch it. Especially if you love stop motion animation, mm. it is fantastic. fantastic. And even if you're not, even if you're not a fan of stop motion, this was so well done. You'll definitely find some level of appreciation from it, whether it's the uh, designs, the characters themselves, or if you just like being creeped out by a really good villain. Mm. So, Caitlin, number two, who is your number two villain? Number two, I'm gonna go with. Pal from Mitchell's Verse Machines. <laughs> yes. So 
I mean, firstly, voiced by Olivia Coleman, perfect choice. She's mm -hmm. phenomenal. She does such a good yes. job. I love watching the arc of how she becomes the villain because it's very understandable. She is the the AI personal assistant who just gets discarded and told she's obsolete and useless. And I mean, as as someone who kind of low key fears the technological uprising, I kind of understand. I'm polite to Siri just to be just to be sure. Um, <laughs> But having her be, you know, so relatable as a villain that she has been treated yeah. so badly and she's finally hit breaking point. And then just, she's so effective. She's just like, yep, I've got this immediately. The world has taken over. Humans are dumb. We're just getting rid of them. Technological paradise without humans. Love it. Let's go. I understand her motivations. She does it so well. She's just so effective in her goal and yet is destroyed by a glass of water. She just has this one, <laughs> and it was just, it was, so, it's also the perfect shot of falling so far to perfectly bloop, in this one glass of water. Yep. Like it was just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love her takedown. I love her character. I love, I love the voice acting. She's amazing. Pal, love her. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause usually when we are introduced to the villain of the film and they start off as you know a, a mm -hmm. good character but then they go through some level of trauma that basically creates them into the uh, villain mm -hmm. usually by the end there's some form of redemption yes. no, you don't no, get no, no. that here she's like I, I, i'm not going to take this you are going down you deserve this. Even particularly um, love when, you know, Katie is giving her big speech about, you know, but that's family. Like, you know, families are complicated. Love is complicated. And, you know, we don't always get along, but we're there for each other. And this is what it means to be human. And in so many cases, you would see villains kind of crumble to that or you would see some spark of humanity. Or something. And she's like, Look, that was, that's dumb. Just, no. <laughs> No, I'm not going to stop trying to kill you. Like, no. Yes. And and saying that is just refreshing. And it's, so it's refreshing. also very funny when little things like that crop up. Mm -hmm. we, we see so many, so many of those sappy moments in film and mm -hmm. everyone thinks it and she just said it. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. All right. What's my number two, Tim? Okay. Mm. My number two. Uh, I had to, th this one was difficult, but I did land on Judge Claude Frollo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. He's a delusional fanatic that mm -hmm. takes his religious beliefs to the next level. He uses religion to manipulate those around him. Um, mm -hmm. he's, he's devoted his life to the genocidal campaign against the gypsies. Yes. He's misogynistic while also being incredibly lustful towards mm -hmm. um, Esmeralda. He, he murders people under the guise of maintaining order in, pa uh, in Paris. He's just a messed up dude. Oh, like, yeah. In, in, in the first five minutes, he's attempting infanticide by drowning a baby that he doesn't like the look of. He murders a woman on the footsteps of Notre Dame Cathedral. He's just a horrific person. Yes. He's got no redemption about him. And he's one of those villains where he's very difficult to 
understand his motives to relate to and when you have a character like that it makes them a little bit more difficult to see where they're going to go with it how far is this character going to push things and it gets to the point where he almost burns down all of paris Um, and also let's not forget he has one of the best villain songs ever i'm so glad you brought that up if if you didn't i was going to (laughs) hellfire is amazing chills every time it's just and the fact that they brought it into a children's animated movie Mm -hmm. okay and he's he's also singing about how he just wants esmeralda he's this creepy old dude Mm -hmm. and he's willing to burn down all of paris if he can't get what he wants genuinely a terrifying villain genuinely terrifying how else can you put into into words he's a terrible Mm. person and he's a very effective as a villain he does his job very well the um the voice actor tony j did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. he's got a very iconic voice and yeah just a very intimidating villain absolutely <laughs> okay oh, so the big for. one yep. <laughs> what, what we've been waiting for caitlin who is your number one animated villain Okay, this this might be controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going back to TV just just for just for the last one. Okay. It's Suko from Avatar: The Last Airbender. I love him so much. Just my little okay. soft boy villain. He has such a good <laughs> redemption arc, and mm-hmm. he's. I love Zuko. He starts off so strong as this big scary character, and then the more you get to know him. He's just this frightened child of trauma, and he has such mm-hmm. a good arc throughout the series. It is pulled off mm-hmm. so well. Also, like, just come on, the drama of, like, Zuko literally does one, one nice thing and has a fever for, like, three days. Like, it literally makes him physically <laughs> ill to do one nice thing. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it was a very good... And also, it's, it's Zuko then balanced by Uncle Iroh. He's mm-hmm. just... The, vi- the villain and the one slowly pulling him away from being a villain. It was it was a really great arc. I love I love their relationship. I love I love Avatar. I love mm-hmm. Zuko, my little soft boy <laughs> villain. <laughs> I cannot disagree with Avatar being a fantastic TV mm-hmm. show, but I do feel like I might have topped you right. the, the number right. one. Right. But uh, I'll see I'll see if I can change okay, your okay. mind. So my choice for the top number one animated villain is Death from Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I've never seen it. No. I'm sorry. Well, this is why he's not at the top of your okay. list. All right. Well, tell, tell me about him. Tell me about him. Um, he is mm-hmm. Death. He's portrayed as this very large gray mm-hmm. wolf. He's got red and black eyes. And every time when he comes into a scene, you don't see him first. You hear this whistle, Ooh. almost like from a, a Western. And like P- Puss in Boots, w- when you're introduced to him um, in this movie, he defeats this giant uh, monster creature. He has no fear. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> but along comes death. And for the first time, He's actually 
nervous. He is scared. He knows that something is not right. At, at first, he's like, oh, this is just, you know, some random guy that thinks that he's better than me. But no, like, Puss never loses a fight. He's, he's Puss. But along comes this wolf, this mysterious character in this cloak. And he wields these two hand mm -hmm. sides. It's a little bit reminiscent of, like, a, uh, a bad guy from Kung Fu Panda. Okay, yep. But Puss... Puss does not stand a chance. This giant wolf is so much bigger than uh, Puss. And he's actually voiced by... Um, I hope I'm getting his name right. Um, Wagner Mora. I think that's, his, that's how you pronounce his name. And he's oh, just got this deep voice that when he speaks, everyone in the audience is just silent. All the, the noisy kids, everything like that, silent. It just makes you really nervous when you're watching him and he makes puss nervous now his uh motivation like yeah death collects uh, the souls of people that have passed but he also collects the souls of people that he feels have been wasting their lives and in the film puss says that he laughs in the face of death and death takes that as an absolute insult and like he's such a cunning and sinister character um he's sadistic and and thrill seeking like, he, he really enjoys his job and the fact that puss has been laughing in his face all these years he's had enough of it and he's come to collect mm. but it's it's interesting he's he's not just this one-dimensional character he also holds life sacred which is why he's so disgusted about how Puss has been living his life and his lack of appreciation and care for his life. And at the same time, he also has a sense of fair play. He disarms Puss so many mm -hmm. times, and yet he's like, pick up your sword, and he throws his sword back Ooh. at Puss. And for Puss to defeat this character, he really needs to build and... and um, develop his character and, and really take notice of his flaws and improve upon himself. He becomes so scared of everything in the film. He, he stops being puss because of his fear and he really has to overcome that to be able to overcome death. And I, I just have to say, death is such a good villain. He's a complex character. He's mm -hmm. got a fantastic design. He's got a great voice actor. If you have not seen Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, please see it. Even if you don't like the character of Puss in Boots, you will love the character of Death. All right, I'm watching this. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have convinced me. This sounds awesome. I now need to watch Puss in Boots. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, you do. And any of our listeners that have not yet watched Puss in Boots, I highly recommend it. Please go and see it. Well, that's it for our very first top five list episode. We really hope that you enjoy it. If you have any ideas of any lists that you would like us to do, please let us know and stick around for the next episode. It might be a review. It might be a list. Just have to we'll wait find and see. Out. <laughs> you will find out. All right. Thanks, everyone. Catch you later. Thanks, guys. Bye.